Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Podcasts and Players. And with me today is a very special guest. Although every week I have a very special guest, but this week is a very special guest because she's the creator of Electric Bunny Comics and the infamous Fool's Gold DD series, as well as just a lovely person in general. Give it up for the YouTube animator Dingo Doodles. Aw. Hi. Hey. I'm Welcome. so glad that you could bring me on. I'm really glad that you agreed to be on. I did not expect it. <laughs> I I asked as like a half joke. I was just like, ha ha. <laughs> and then you're like, sure. I was like, are, are you serious? <laughs> Money? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny because I was actually, um, before that, I was nervous. I wanted to actually ask you <laughs> to be on because I'd been listening to them like all the other ones. You, you had brought on all these, you know, great YouTubers and uh, like part of the D and D community, and I was just like, I wonder, I wonder if I if I asked him if I could be on, if I would sound egotistical, and I was just like, maybe I'll just leave yeah. it. <laughs> I, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. I, I guess I was just like, I didn't want to start out asking a bunch of bigger YouTubers because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be like clout chasing, I guess, and like like make my podcast take off, you know. Yeah. I wanted to really start with people who I felt like didn't get a fair shake, I guess, with the algorithm. So like yeah. Crunk, I feel like she's so, so talented. I know, right? And like um. it just doesn't pick her up. And I'm like, I feel that. You gotta be my first guest. And she was cool with that too. And then same with Vitamin Dieter on the third episode. Like he mm-hmm. he works really hard on his stuff and he's super, super nice. And again, algorithm just doesn't pick them up Um, yeah it's a cruel mistress it really is youtube is hard to deal with and trying to figure out how it ticks is almost near impossible so for sure um at some point you just gotta like not dwell on it it's that's the important thing it's like and i've I've told people this before but uh one of my buddies before i started my channel was like uh so you're gonna make this serious huh i was like yeah he goes well uh what if, like, it doesn't see success? I was like, uh, what do you mean? He's like, well, let's. what's your goal for the end of this year? I was like, well, I'd like to get, I think I was trying to get, like, 200 during my first year, something mm-hmm. like that. And he's like, well, what if you don't? What if you get 50? And I was like, oh. And he's like, yeah, and the next year, you, uh, you, you know, what's your goal, 500 maybe? What if you don't? What if you only get to, like, 100, maybe 200 then? Are you mm-hmm. still going to do it after that many years of not seeing success? Are you still going to keep doing it? And it's an important question to ask yourself if like anyone listening is making or thinking about making a channel. Yeah. Um, it's a, uh, you, you gotta not do it for that reason, because if your only reason is trying to get big, then you're going to be really disappointed really fast. Absolutely. Like that's, that's my number one when people are just like, you know, how do I become a YouTuber? And like, how do I become successful? And it's like, just do something you enjoy. That's the main thing. And yeah. 
Because it's like, even if nobody was watching Fool's Gold stuff, like, I still think I'd still do it. I don't think I'd do it as frequent, because it takes a lot to do it, and I would need a job. <laughs> you know, right, pay, yeah. You'd have to split bills. your time up, right. Yeah, I have to do it properly, split up the time. But I still enjoy making them as much as anything, and the numbers are kind of secondhand to it. Um, but, I mean, it it's so important to like what you do, and... You know, people I've seen before where they're just like trend um, chasers. So they go after a trend and they try to make a thing out of it. And then they go into the next trend and they're trying to get the big numbers. It's like you'll have an, a very uh, mediocre audience, you know, like like people who are dedicated to you in a way of like, oh, I really like that one thing you did, but they'll never properly remember your username. You know what I mean? Like they'll, yeah, yeah. they'll like the video of uh, you making something like... Oh, God, I'm trying to think of a trend. Something with fidget spinners. and <laughs> Or Harlem Shake or yeah, whatever or the Harlem meme Shake. is. Yeah. yeah, some kind of meme and stuff like that. And it's just like, um, if you're just doing it for the trend, you're not going to have an audience that's engaged in just you. Like, they're there for you. They're just there for that meme. And then they kind of move on. If you right. love making memes, then just do that. But you love it. And it's okay if you're not, you know. Right. If for whatever reason, you know, planking happened and you were like, I love planking and you made a channel <laughs> yeah. dedicated to planking and that's all you did for the next few years, like, even after it wasn't it. a thing anymore. Yeah. If that's what you love to do, do it. Like, you know, it, the point is you have to enjoy it because otherwise you get stuck. Maybe you're you've got a bunch of subs. Maybe you did it right. Like you you chase the trend. You got all these subs and now. They're expecting you to keep making this content that you were just doing to get big, but now that you're there and you have to keep doing it, you don't really like it, you find out, and it's like yeah. kind of like pulling teeth, and it feels like a job, like a normal job, uh, you know? There's so many YouTubers who have, I've seen, have to go through that, where they're just like, I'm stuck in this thing, and now I have to keep producing it because this is what my audience knows of me, you know? Like, I can't stray away, even though they want to, and that's kind of sad to see, where, like you have the ability to stray away um but people don't see it like that it's it's really hard hard when it comes to that kind of stuff so it's a very slippery slope that you can yeah. go on especially you like it's it's mu very malleable earlier on too because like when you're not when you don't have a big audience you don't have all these big expectations and you can experiment and try new things and like yeah. go crazy with it and then you know maybe you get lucky but like you know maybe you don't uh, either way, you're going to learn more about yourself by making these things and what you really enjoyed doing. And eventually you might come across something that's like the thing and then you can just do that. Yeah. And I like I still hold true to that for myself. Like I really try to make sure that like, OK, even though I'm doing like the fool's gold thing um, of the animated uh, videos, every video I'm experimenting, I'm trying something new. And um, even though people may not see it, but I know it like, oh, this video I'm going to try, like, well, the last one, you and I made a, like, you made a song for it. And that was really hard for me to put in, in the way of like, not that it was a bad song, but just like adding music to my stuff was really hard. And, but that was an experiment and I needed to get through that. And, you know, the audience loved it at the end. So that was great. Um... But every video I'm trying to add something or or like, oh, I do transitions way too often. Let's tone it back in this video. 
uh, you know, just like always trying to experiment and change things. So right. Yeah. It's pretty important. Even though you may have a lot of eyes on you, you have to stay true to yourself and be like, you know what? I'm just, I need to figure this out. And uh, you guys are here, but at the end of the day, I have to do what makes me become a better and more creative person. Right. Um, so that's super important. And I think a lot of YouTubers forget that. Yeah, growth happens at all stages. It's not just like a, I mean, even it happens when you're when you're first starting out but even like people who have been doing things for like years they're still developing maybe slower because they've sort of reached a a a point where they're like comfortable with their own style or whatever but like like people are always getting better and and figuring it out and in regards to what you said about the the music like i remember cuz you were talking about it and you seemed really troubled by it and i was like kind of like you know, spur of the moment, I had nothing going on at the moment. I was like, hey, so I make music for my stuff. Maybe I could just make a thing. Maybe you'll like it. Maybe you won't. That's okay. That'll give me a bit practice because I've been stuck animating this video <laughs> that I'm working on for like literally like more than a few months now. And uh, I haven't had a lot of practice in um, scoring music to something in a while. And I was like, well, if nothing else, this could be practice. And luckily for me you did like it mm -hmm. and probably more luckily for me felix liked it because he convinced you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not to not to run away yeah yeah i um i am very grateful that you did that and um you know uh maybe we'll do more in the future if you want i mean maybe i don't know yeah you know you've always you can always contact me for something like that i'd be <laughs> more than willing to give it a shot okay uh, that means a lot because it's definitely like music has been such an anxiety for me because I hate my voice with music. Like, like when you pair them up together, it makes me instantly like, like pull back and go, no, because it feels like, um, I don't know how else to describe it other than like, you're just, you're, you're, you're cringing at it. It's just like a big cringe fest for me. Where so I want to, like, can I unpack this a bit? Cause sure. I want to know more about it. <laughs> Okay. So, like, <laughs> welcome to Podcast and Players, where I got the big scoop on Dingo Doodles. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> now, I want to know, like, so so the way I, I kind of made it, right, was, like, once you started explaining something, the music dialed back, and it was more just sort of, like, a drum beat with a little bit of, like, strings here and there, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was, like, quieter. How, how did you feel about that? Cause it, like, I like that a lot. Because, yeah, it, it basically took a back seat so that you could get this exposition out of the way, and then it, like, came in later. Yeah, I thought that was really, really good because you like you let the the information come out to the audience and not like you're not trying to distract them with like, you know, more levels of music on top. It, w it was really nice. And I really do appreciate it that when I talked to you about this music, I was like, hey, yeah, if you make something, just don't let it be crazy because I'm just trying to be like <laughs> super minimum. I'm just trying to get like a mood across and you were super on point. Absolutely fantastic in the end. And uh, I think having my voice acting with music is what I have troubles with. I because see. Okay. It, that's kind of like voice acting is still super um, vulnerable for me. Like, like I, I feel very vulnerable when I'm voice acting because it's just a it's just it's something that I've never done before. 
you know? Yeah. Like, like I came into this channel and then I realized that nobody was going to voice my stuff, so I had to do it. And then I didn't want to rely on any other voices. Like, you know, Felix even, I talked to him and he was, and we were just like, should you voice yourself? And he was like, sure. But he has a full-time job, so it was like, well, there would be some times when I'm like, well, I need your voice, and but I need to move forward with this video. So I just was like, ah, fuck it. I got to do everything now <laughs> because yeah. I have to move forward and I have to do all of it. And uh, I've been just like trying to experiment with voice acting, and I've been looking up videos and trying to just see how they do it and try to feel confident in that. And I definitely feel more confident than I was when I started. That's for sure. And then, uh, but adding the music, I'm kind of back to square one of being like, okay, the confidence is a little low, but then I just have to build it up more. You know, every video I'll, I'm going to be adding music because I need to get better at like accepting it or, or, or having them work together. Yeah. Integrating it into the video. Yes. And it doesn't yeah. have to be the whole video. It could just be for the important parts, you know? That's pretty much what I would want is just like little moments when there's like emotion or there's just like something going on that needs that mood change. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely music is my next, my next like cliff, my next mountain to climb is music adding nice. to my videos. So yeah. And you've already, you've taken that first step. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think. Thank you. I, no, thank, thank you for, for real though. Like. If you had, if you did say like, uh, we w we're going to go with something else, you know, I would have been a little crushed, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I would have, I would have been like, well, yeah, that th them's the ropes. Right. So the yeah. fact that you guys did like it was just like, hell yeah. Now I get to help <laughs> think with doodles of the video. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. you know? Even if it was just this small part, it, it was really fun to do. Uh, yeah. and I am looking forward to the future, but enough about what I'm looking forward to. We got to, we got to talk about you here and I've got some questions <laughs> yeah, sitting yeah, in front of, course, of me. Course. Uh, and I, I want to start with, um, you made your public debut with electric bunny comics in 2013 and anybody with Google can, can learn this. However, what did you do before that? Mm, like bef before I launched, uh, EB comics. Yeah. Well, I was in my... Uh, I just graduated high school and then I went into college. So I guess I was in high school before <laughs> and I was doing comics actually uh, on the side uh, during class, which you, you know, oh, okay. <laughs> got in trouble with. Uh, <laughs> but actually it was interesting because all throughout high school, I was, I'd always been drawing my entire life. I've been drawing. And I didn't really start to get serious about it until I was about 14, 13, 14. And then I didn't think of it as a career until I was about uh, 17, 18, when it was like crunch time and I had to figure out where I was going in my life. Right, yeah. Uh, you know? And uh, I had no idea what I wanted to do in my life. And then one of my friends had suggested, like, why don't you do comics or something because you draw them all the time anyway and i was like i don't know if that's a viable career <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> a lot of people try and make it work and it's questionable if it does it really yeah it's really it's to be an artist like they say that everybody starts out an artist but to be to keep being an artist is the hard part 
Like, everybody loves to draw or loves to create things, but people who actually stick and make it a viable career, that's the hard part, because it's so easy to just leave it behind, you know? Especially with society. Society is so easy to just be like, get a real job, you know? Um, So, anyway... I was in uh, I was in high school, and then we had a project uh, where we could pretty much take the story of Beowulf, you know Beowulf, like it's yeah. from like the eleven hundreds or something, very old story, and you could retell it in any medium you want. So some people made a painting, some people like wrote an essay about it, you know, other and people. And you did. made some comics. And I made I made thirty three no 34 pages in a week holy shit yeah i just went i like i just went crazy i just i would do all my homework and then as soon as i'd get home it was like i'm just working on this comic and then any time i had spare in my classes was comic i was working on this comic and was uh, it like a comedic version of beowulf or was it okay yes (laughs) it was absolutely all satire it was like I just completely flipped everything on its head and made Beowulf actually a complete coward and uh, made him like he was just lucky that he got through everything. <laughs> like, like the reason he he won at the end was like a, a was just a luck of of him, of Grendel, like slipping and falling or something like that and fell out of a window. And uh, when I did this comic, I finished it and I gave it to my teacher. And of course, I got like 100 percent. And the teacher was just like, wow, this is the best project I've ever seen done in my class. And this was like a historical literature class. Damn. And then her husband, who's also a teacher, came and approached me in the hallway when I was walking to another class. And he approached me and he said, that was a really great comic. It was really funny. You should do this as a career. And that was my first time an adult ever told me I could do something like that. You know, like, like it was the first time somebody actually like, because, you know, when you're in high school, you're like, adults know everything. And then one approached me that wasn't my parents that came in and said, you should do this as a career. And I was just like, oh, oh, shit, I should. And then I just applied for uh, colleges and then I landed on one. That was about a year course. It was about 10 months. And uh, I got a diploma out of it. And it was the best college course I've ever gone through. Because it was so beautifully put together of like three months of traditional, three months of digital, and then four months of making whatever you wanted. Damn. It was a fantastic course. And the teachers were amazing and they treated it like you were part of the industry as in if you didn't show up if you didn't show up you better get your work done regardless you know like uh i i actually can't work well in groups of people i just too distracting so what i would do is i would come in say hey i'm alive and then i would take my stuff and i'd leave and i work at home and i would always get my stuff done um and i did really well in that course and it was it was definitely a turning point. And in that course, I launched Electric Bunny Comics because I was just like, I I want to make something now. I want to put something out on the internet and 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 start experimenting with comedy because comedy's always been a thing in my life. I just wanted to get professional at it. Right. 
Yeah. Wow. This is this is a big scoop. I had I'm learning a lot about you today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pretty open person. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says on your website that you started making comments or comics in order to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, so laughter is obviously still a goal of yours, but has it expanded beyond that? Absolutely. I mean, like. Uh, one of the things that I've learned from doing the YouTube channel is that I can also write drama, which um, I didn't know I could do. <laughs> uh, like, I would, I'm trying to find this balance of writing comedy and then also learning about um, drama and how they do it in TV shows. Like, my main goal at the end of the day is I want to write for television. Like, I want to do um cartoons you know cartoon shows cartoon shows and stuff like that so you know i think with the journey that i've been on and learning about comedy and and making people laugh i've learned also that i can also make people cry <laughs> <laughs> right i think you do really well at balancing both i think you uh, manage it very like even with the beginning it started off very like lighthearted and stuff but mm-hmm. i feel like so I call this the One Piece effect, and I know there are other shows besides One Piece that does this, but like that show starts as a fucking joke. It's so silly that <laughs> you start watching, you're like, this is stupid. What am I doing watching this dumb show about this guy? He's not even cool. He's made of rubber. How is that cool? <laughs> right? Um, and so like it's this goofy show, and then like it gets to uh well, it, it starts to give you little little bits here and there with like Usopp's story. Sanji's story, but then it hits you with Nami's story. And oh my god. Like that's like it doesn't it doesn't they don't make the characters stop being themselves. Like Luffy's still kind of like this ignorant idiot mm-hmm. the whole time. Even when it's like like super dramatic. But even though he's an ignorant idiot, like he's also extremely loyal to his friends. And they demonstrate that in a way that we haven't seen before, and suddenly it like it meshes. It's like the jokes make you love the characters and the drama make you really, really fucking feel for these characters and you don't want anything to happen to them because you want them to joke around again. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I haven't watched uh, a lot of One Piece, um, but I know that that combination of just like you start out funny and fun and then eventually you just get hit fucking hard. Oh, and yeah. I think that's super important when it comes to writing for an audience is not to hit them with the hard stuff too early on because why should they care? Like, why should they care? Because they haven't fallen in love with the characters yet. Like, they need the jokes. They need the silliness. They need um, the ability to just be like, huh, yeah, he's fun. And then you just realize that this person that's kind of, like, fun actually has, like, a severe like issue or something that you can connect with or or you just feel sympathy for. And I feel that um there's some shows specifically. I I don't I, I don't want to name any names or anything like that or or um there's some like podcasts or so but they put the heavy stuff too early. And then I don't really care. <laughs> You know, (laughs) like I just I don't care because it's like you haven't given me the ability to like this character yet. And now you're trying to make me feel for this this um, person that I haven't even 
said hello to. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. was what that was one of the reasons why there's a there's a moment in episode five when I said, I know you guys haven't known Sneeze for long, but Sneeze was like a brother to me. So, you know, when he when he died, spoilers, uh, in episode <laughs> five, um, I didn't want to force emotions on my audience because it was like you guys have just met this guy like two two videos ago like there's no reason for you guys to care about them um even though i particularly cared a lot but that's because i had an entire like you know half a year with him already you know i right with that character and how so, do you communicate six months of real time into like, exactly three videos exactly and it was very interesting because when I posted that video, I got floods of messages of people being like, I cried. <laughs> like, oh, I, wow. yeah, yeah. Or people being like, I was legitly upset. And I'm like, how, <laughs> you know, like, because you had not met them, but I guess I hit a sweet spot for them or something. I don't know. I, I wasn't. I'm I'm still don't know why people cared about Sneeze that early on. I think maybe it has something to do with Sneeze being intelligent but also mute and he's like an animal <laughs> and like cute. And yeah. like any animal that's cute and somewhat intelligent and loyal to you that gets hurt, uh the perpetrators must be brought to justice. You know, yeah. like people I think a lot of people just get uh they get like riled up. Like I I've cried many, many times in my life, but some of the most like terrible times like where i really just had to, like ugly cried mm -hmm. uh was probably when like my dog died Aww, uh, like 2009 you know so that was like many years ago but like that's like you know what did that dog ever actually do for me like other that, than love I, you unconditionally <laughs> i guess <laughs> maybe but i i always got the feeling that they probably didn't even like me that much <laughs> i think they really liked my stepdad mm. but uh also like that dog never did anything to me, like never harmed me, never said a cruel word to mm -hmm, me, mm -hmm. never bit me, never did anything like that. And to see this very cute thing that like depends on you, this innocent thing no longer be alive fucking sucks. It's crushing. And I think a lot of people reading that into with sneeze, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. He also had knives, and I think people were really drawn to that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I was just going to take off my psychologist glasses. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes get in that mode. Yeah. Uh, but it's been a very interesting um, experiment with writing to make people care about ca certain characters or anything. And I think one of the things you have to put in the back of your head when you are writing stuff like this is to think people might not care. Like, you just have to be ready for that. And also, you need to kind of go at it of being like, why Why should you care? You know, it's it's okay if they don't care. It's okay if they do care. Don't disappoint yourself. But just write it in the way that you feel it, I guess, is how I've been doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I, uh, I really had to suppress the urge because when you said... <laughs> Why should they care? I was thinking of the Oliver and Company, that old Disney movie. <laughs> Why should I wear it? Why should I care? <laughs> You're suppressing uh, that. I got, moment. It out, <laughs> I got it out of my system. I'm feeling better. Uh, I want to. Another question I had sure. for you, because on um, 
on your website for your webcomic, you have a little bio about yourself. Mm-hmm. And in it, you say you love comics, video games, and anime, but there's too many to list. I want you to start listing some. Give us your favorites. Favorite anime? Hit us with them. Uh, anime, video games, and comics. And you can take a moment if you need it. Yeah, okay. I'll start with video games. So my absolute favorite video game of all time is Halo 1, like the first Halo. Because um, I, I grew really? up... Yeah, I grew up with that, and I wasn't allowed to have video games when I was a kid. And that was the very first video game we managed to sneak into the house <laughs> and I could play. Because <laughs> it was my sister's ex-boyfriend's Xbox that he brought. And So did your parents ever, like, catch you or whatever? Like, they hear that, of the grunts dying, and then they, like, <laughs> yeah. burst open the door. What's going on in here? <laughs> Eventually, it came to this, like... I think eventually they came to this agreement of just like, okay, his Xbox will stay in the house, but they have to, like, they have to make sure that I'm not playing it too much and that, uh, there's no, like, taking over my homework time or anything like that. Uh, They didn't, they also didn't like video games because they thought that it was, they, it was that stereotypical, like, you're going to become a murderer kind of thing. They don't think like that now, but that was like, you know, early 2000s, like. Yeah, but they were wrong. You murdered, (laughs) murdered all of us with that cliffhanger, so. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) Episode 14. Let's date this episode. (laughs) Let's date this podcast. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. Ju- yeah, for anyone who is unaware, if you're listening to this in the future, um, Dingo and probably Felix are both psychopaths and they <laughs> wanted us to feel as badly as she felt or he made her feel during the session. <laughs> and now uh, a bunch of people have the fires of rage stoked in their hearts. So <laughs> thank you for that, Dingo. <laughs> uh, I thrive off of it. Oh, it's so good. Um, All right. So Halo, you said. Yeah, Halo I love. Uh, I loved uh, growing up. Majora's Mask. Uh, a lot of the video games I grew up with, I didn't actually play. I watched people play because I wasn't allowed to have a console. So I would go over to my friend's house and I'd watch them play like Majora's Mask, um, Ocarina of Time. And we played a bunch of uh, Star Fox and Mario Party. Lots of Mario Party. Mario Tennis. A lot, lot of Nintendo titles for you. Huh? Yeah, Smash Bros. And like all N64. Like I grew up with the N64 pretty much. And the Super Smash Bros. is one of my all-time favorites. The 64 version. And I love playing, and I know everybody hates me for it, Kirby. I adore Kirby. <laughs> Kirby is my favorite. Uh, I love his grab where you def- yeah! Yeah, I uh, I used to be a Kirby guy for for like all the way up until after Brawl. Then then Kirby got nerfed and I was like, it's not as fun. I can't be cheap anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I love I love Kirby. I play him every time, but I'm I'm not like fantastic, though. I could kick my boyfriend's ass for like with um, the original. Uh, he can kick my ass at melee though, because I never grew up with melee. And um, so yeah, I have a lot of those video games. I mean, lately I've been playing Divinity Two with some friends, 
and uh, Animal Crossing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been playing a I, lot of Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. Same. I, I was actually thinking about that before this interview. I'm like, let's see. If this interview takes this long, I'll be able to play Animal Crossing. Go back to my shop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm scheduling it around everything. Yeah. That's kind of how you have to do it, though, because of the real time aspect of it. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a good one. That's a good game. Yeah. So that's um that's pretty much my video games. I mean, God, I have a, a lot more, but I could spend all day talking about it. And then, I guess for anime, I have um, Full Metal Alchemist, not Brotherhood. Um, Ooh, not Brotherhood. I know I'm very controversial. I love Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> Actually, uh. Yeah, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Uh, oh, oh. I was kind of joking because that's like the, no, the most absolutely. Like, well-known. No, they're actually one of my top. Um, like I rewatched all of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z when I went to my second college. Um, and I just like marathoned it in like a month or two. And I just adore that series. I know there's so many. It's so funny to rewatch it all and binge it because you see so many plot holes and so many yeah. like inconsistencies <laughs> yeah, of just being yeah. like, oh man, there was definitely different studios animating this because they don't what know happened what happened to launch. <laughs> where, where did she go? Yeah. She's just gone. All right. Oh yeah. Or there's just like, like moments, a main character. <laughs> there's moments when Krillin has entirely different outfits on. Like one scene he's in his normal like orange suit, and then the other one he was in like uh one of the um like on Namek, he has like one of the oh god. The um the armors. Yeah, Frieza's like, armor. Yeah, henchman armor. Yeah, the henchman armor. He's wearing that and then he's wearing his other suit. Like just flipping all the time because they're two different studios and they didn't know what was going on. Oh no. <laughs> and those are pretty fun to to watch. And then uh my favorite arc, it has to be the cell cell arc. So like the androids and, oh, and yeah. stuff like that. I love future trunks and stuff like that. Like that whole section I, I adore. So I definitely watch a bunch of dbz and i've watched all of the i haven't watched the new movies i've watched all of the new dragon ball super oh how is it uh, it's okay um it's okay yeah <laughs> it was okay uh, i wasn't out it's just like eh, i'm getting fighting i guess <laughs> like yeah i uh, gotta you know what i gotta try and sell this to you i recommend you try one piece again you know, I have a friend who absolutely adores One Piece, like, to the absolute, like, they've wa- they've read every single manga and every episode and everything like oh. that. Oh, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I've I've read through the manga, like, twice. I've watched all the anime three times. Like, yeah. It's so good. Yeah, the only thing is that there's, like, 700 episodes, so it's always, like, I don't know what I'm... So know. so here's here's the thing about that though. So that's that's very off-putting and obviously if you don't have the time to like slowly like work through it, that's okay too. However, the difference, the biggest difference that I've noticed with um One Piece versus Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. is that One Piece, the guy that wrote it, Oda Ichiro, I think, mm-hmm. he has an arc from the beginning he knew where it was going, where the ending was going to be. Mm. so he's known for years how it's gonna end in fact i think in 2006 or something similar uh some some year a while back there was a kid uh who had terminal illness 
and their one wish was to know what the ending of One Piece was. And so Oda came to him and whispered the ending of the show in his ear. Hmm. Like, wow. Akira Toriyama, by contrast, um, didn't really know what he was doing. He just was writing and <laughs> yeah. just like had a like every saga was just like a new fresh idea he had no idea where it was going and so dragon ball feels like the world is big and it's full it's full of adventure and all sorts of like interesting people by the time you get to dragon ball z earth is really boring and it not is. yeah and it's like small and it doesn't feel good whereas like it's, again to contrast to compare again one piece it's all one world there's no like i mean i guess i guess there is space but like that's not where the adventure is. It's one big ocean, and all of the big players—they're like known pretty much from the outset. In fact, there's a moment uh, early on, before like so the whole idea in the beginning—I don't know if you remember—they're trying to get to the Grand Line, mm -hmm. right? Well, they do that, and then the whole show is just in the Grand Line. Like they—I I always imagined before I started watching the show when I was like. Because I never watched as a kid. I watched in my 20s. Mm -hmm. I always thought that like the whole show like is them trying to get to the Grand Line and then maybe after 500 episodes eventually getting there. No, they get there in like episode 60 or something. And then they're just going through this like slog. Like that's the whole thing is like they're making names for themselves by going through this really dangerous area of the world mm -hmm. where you never know who you're going to go up against. You never know who's going to try and like get you or whatever. Um and so it always, the world still feels extremely big and it feels very like, like when they introduce new uh, villains that could be more powerful than like your main heroes, mm -hmm. it makes sense because the world's really big and there's lots of people out there and a lot of strong people at that. And so it's like, and, and the thing is like, they're not necessarily your enemies either, which is really important with DBZ. It always felt like every time there was this big, strong person, it was always a Frieza or a Cell yeah. or some enemy. Yeah. Right. And only Goku or whoever could like fight him. Whereas this, it's like there are other talents that are valued here. So like Nami isn't the best fighter, but she's the navigator. And without her, they can't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then it's like it's balance. Uh, yeah. And it makes the whole crew feels like the main character. Like obviously Luffy's like the center point, like the linchpin. But like everybody, you get to know them and you get to really feel for them. And so it's like if anything happens to any of them, you know. It's like if something happens to Oolong or Poir or something, I don't care. You know, <laughs> I don't get. Oh, oh, Chaozu dies. <laughs> who cares? Like, yeah. I don't care about that. Yeah. But in, in One Piece, if Chopper were to die, I'd fucking riot. I would riot. Yeah. OK, so that's it. I'm getting off my soapbox. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's my that's how I that's my angle. My heart sell for you. I think. Yeah. You and I know. Yeah, I definitely. It's definitely one of the animes that I'm always kind of like looking at and I'm like oh, it it's it really is just the number that scares me because it's like it's like uh, god knows how many episodes there are. Um well you know probably how many episodes there are. Uh but... yeah, I'm not going to cite a number, but let's <laughs> yeah. let's just say look, the first arc is it's called the East Blue arc because it all takes place on the same ocean mm -hmm. before they get to the Grand Line. I think it's about 70 something episodes. Okay. okay. Start with there. Just start there. Okay. Yeah. Because that I'll, way, if you I'll don't it like it, you can drop it at that point. You don't have to worry about it anymore. But hopefully, it'll sink its teeth in you. Mm-hmm. I'll get a taste <laughs> for it. Right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. All right. Um, I didn't mean to, to do that, but I just really like to share <laughs> things that I think other people should see. 
Yeah. And uh, I guess the last question for you. Oh, no, it's it's a two-parter. Uh, what originally led to you posting D&D content on YouTube? It's the first mm-hmm. one. Uh, well, it probably, I mean, definitely Ben. So Puffin Forest was a, was an influence. Cause I remember I wanted to start a story time animation channel for the longest time, like since 2014 or so, 2013, mm-hmm. 14, when I got out of college and I was like, what do I want to do with my life? And I'm like, I don't know, do something that's, that's fun. And then I kind of saw people dominic's came out just that year i think and i remember watching watching him and going like i'd love to do something like that like that sounds like fun and i love to talk about crazy stuff that happens in my life because i had a very interesting life so um it was just kind of a natural thing for me so i actually went to animation school (laughs) so (laughs) like not specifically just for story time animation but i had this like this pull. I don't know if you've ever had that in your life when something tells you you have to do this or you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I was just like, I I got to go do this. And I spent 12 months away from uh, where I live now, uh, which was about a 12 hour drive difference. And I actually went long distance with my boyfriend, Felix. And uh, I just studied there for for 12 months because I was like I need to learn 2D animation and I don't know why but I need to and then um, I just kind of translated it into YouTube and D&D kind of seemed like a natural fit because just recently I think it was two months two months after the Tarask incident happened I was like I think I got a story <laughs> <laughs> that I could animate because uh, the Trask happened in November and then I made the video for D&D in January, actually. Um, I know I posted in April, but I actually made the video in January because at the time I was working for a company doing comics for them and I knew that I couldn't focus on YouTube. So I did the video on my off time when I wasn't working on this contract I was on. And so the D&D video I posted and then, well, it, it took off right away. It was, it was literally like the first week I got 15,000 subscribers and that was crazy because it took me, it took me four years to get to 15,000 Facebook likes, you know, for my comic. Right. So I was just like, are are you serious? And then, (laughs) and then it just kept going and going and going and then, um, I was like, well, I just finished, I finished the campaign of Fool's Gold in June of 2018. So around that point, I decided that I was going to make episode two of the, the Fool's Gold series. And then I was like, well, I know how the series ends, so I can, I can uh, now animate it, I guess. And then it just kind of kept going. <laughs> I just I like the idea that you're sitting at, at like a tablet and you're like, I guess I'll just keep doing this, I guess. Like looking around like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody's telling me to stop. So <laughs> it just kind of kept going. And then people kept cheering me on. And then I was just like, yeah, this is fun. This is great. And then I just kept going. And then 
I just finally decided that I was going to do the whole series. It took me up to like episode six, though, <laughs> to decide. <laughs> yeah. At that point, you were like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. I guess it was, just, it was a lot of like jumping in and out of the pool. You know, it's just like, eh, am I going right, in? Am I doing yeah. it? Am I doing it? And then <laughs> and then Felix is like, you have no choice. You're doing it now. And it's like, oh, God, OK. <laughs> yeah. He just pushed me in and said, no, you're doing it. You got to finish it because... I want to finish something in my goddamn life. So, dude, <laughs> oh my god, I feel that like <laughs> yeah. deep down in my soul, I feel that. I know. I know. Like I'm all creatives, man. Oh yeah, dude, like I I if it wasn't for 2016, I went to uh I served in Peace Corps for like 2 years. Uh, or two years and some change. So I was in trying to teach in English and stuff, but like you're over there, you're by yourself basically. Uh, there's like a infrastructure, but you live at site alone. So you have to do shit on your own. Like you have oh, to be a teacher in a foreign country and do and keep a schedule and all that. And like, if it wasn't for that, I don't know if I could be doing what I'm doing today. Cause like I learned how to manage my time way better. Yeah. Discipline, uh, right? Yeah. I learned, well, I learned that. I learned that like I can do anything I need to do. I just, I need to not look at it as I need to be motivated. I need to look at it as I need to be disciplined. God damn it. <laughs> uh, because it's motivation comes and goes. Inspiration comes and goes. Like, yeah, that's the great starting point. Mm-hmm. That's great for like getting an idea together. But getting through it, it's like not going to be fun the whole way through. It's like sprinting and then jogging. You have to you have your little bit of a sprint, but a real career, like a real making something and finishing it is a jog. You're right. you know, you you're slowly going throughout the paces and you sometimes are feeling your lungs burn and you just want to stop but you know that you can slow down a bit and then just keep up keep it up and keep going as long as you're constant doing any little thing each day something is a step forward yeah it's like building a house uh by yourself like yeah like today you laid down like 20 bricks is that enough to build a house? No, but that's a part. Like if you didn't do that, then you'd have to do it another day. So like each day making it count and moving that ticker forward until you get to that point where you're like, I'm actually, did I actually just finish this thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what you can do if you just do little bites instead of looking at it as a giant mountain that you have to climb up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Take bites out of that mountain. Just one bite at a time. <laughs> Yeah, that's the phrase, right? Yeah, that's the phrase. That yeah. seems about right. Climb climb the mountain one bite at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seems about right. Um, and I guess my last question is what's next for your channel and what are your goals for this year? Uh next for the channel, I mean, it's mostly just like I wanna keep making the episodes and consistently putting out content. Uh also I I do want to do some other things on the side. Like, I constantly have this guilt about, like, I'm just consistently making just fool's gold stuff, even though that's what my brain wants. Like, I should be trying to do other things, too. Like, I don't know, because it's like... You you're gonna feel put... guilt no matter what I think, because like yeah, once you start doing so. something that's not fool's gold, then you're gonna feel guilt because you're not doing all fool's gold. You're like, oh man, now I'm dividing my time up and I'm not getting this done when I wanted to get it done. Yeah, I guess I'm just trying to make sure I don't become stagnant. That's my that's my fear is like I don't want to become stagnant where I'm like only making one thing that is in 
like is not helping me grow as a person you know what right. i mean like yeah. i don't want to become comfortable because every video i make i want to feel slightly uncomfortable every time i want to feel slightly like i don't know how to do this because in order to know how i do how i do it is i need to do it <laughs> i need to right yeah no that's that makes perfect sense yeah i i consistently am am looking at other people's content uh or shows or or listening to uh help po podcasts you know people who do advice and stuff like that like i'm always consistently trying to learn and i feel like stopping i, f I feel like if i stopped learning that would be kind of like the death of my channel you know what i mean like i would just I, I don't think I'd feel yeah. like I'd want to do it. Um, well, yeah. Also, you you grow bored with it. Yeah. Like by keeping yeah. yourself growing and learning and trying new things, it keeps it interesting for you. And that's the most important thing because if it's interesting for you, that means you can get the work done. If it's not interesting, then it's like you don't feel motivated. Even if people are like waiting for the next thing, you're like, eh. You know, uh, but if you're trying new things, like I think the music and the voice acting, all that stuff is just, those are all pieces of that. Mm -hmm. You know, Absolutely. it's trying to branch out a bit and do a little bit more, or do something a bit different with a, with an episode. Like you, you know, you could do, if you really wanted to go crazy, is make a music video uh, for <laughs> your characters or whatever. Like, you know, that I've would been be... secretly thinking about that one day, but yeah, I bet. Like, <laughs> but it's always just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I I already have an idea for what I would do, but my problem is I need to get to that point and mm -hmm. I'm just I'm still I just take so long on my stuff. Yeah. For me it's like I have to do other things mm -hmm. just so that I can like be doing other things. Like I or I have like similar to how you feel maybe a bit guilty about only doing uh fool's gold. Um the you still have a really good workflow and like you get your stuff out in a very timely manner. Yeah. Uh, so even if you d didn't decide to do anything else, you decided to just kind of expand and like challenge yourself with fool's goal, but stick with that. Like that would still be still like really fine because you're getting them out at a pretty decent rate. Yeah. Whereas like with, with my situation, because I take so long, um, it's like, if I don't do anything else, I'm going to go insane because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. then I'm just, I'm going to be stuck on the same shit all the time. And like, that would, drive me batty so like having this podcast or making yep. music or doing something else like it, it's my way of challenging myself so like when you said all that like it made perfect sense like that's exactly what any creator should be doing mm -hmm. is challenging themselves and trying to grow absolutely yeah no i i um i don't know how you like work on one thing for like a couple months because i get so squirrely when i like the last video no it was episode 13 episode 13 i think was like 15 minutes long and i wanted to pull my freaking hair out by the end <laughs> i was just yeah. like i'm so done with this i've been working on it for longer than i wanted which was about less than a month and i was definitely like i need to get it out now <laughs> like i can't stand it, it anymore yeah, i can't look I, at these characters anymore like I, I really, I feel that, but at the same time, I'm like, I just, I know that I can't wish myself up to the top of the mountain. 
Mm-hmm. Right. If we're going to keep using that <laughs> analogy, <laughs> bite yourself. I can't I can't swallow the whole mountain. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I have to uh, I have to nibble at it. Yeah. And for me, it's like since I'm doing every aspect of it, um, mm-hmm. with the exception of like some of the voice acting, which happens so early on that like once it's done, everything else is me anyway. So yeah. it's just I have to break it up into pieces. And by doing that, I feel accomplished each day because I feel like I did something each day That's by a like good checking way to something go about off it. Yeah, a, a list. Yeah. You know, at, at some point I wanted to ask you about D&D games. Uh, <laughs> it's already been like 53 minutes <laughs> or something. Because we have good topics to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can I, can I ask, uh, are you able to talk for longer than an hour? Did you want to do like maybe an hour and a half? Sure. That's fine. That's fine? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. All right, cool. This will be a little uh, bonus like content <laughs> for people. It'll be really happy. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's, we'll transition to role-playing a little bit here. Sure. I want to know, how do you approach making your characters? Like how I go about it? Yeah. Well, I guess I usually start with just trying to figure out what race i would like to do and what kind well more more likely what kind of class i want to play because there's always like what have i played before what have i not played well let's try sorcerer, something i have not sorcerer, played sorcerer. yeah sorcerer, sorcerer. <laughs> I, pl- I played two sorcerers or no three now well the third was a one shot so i don't know if they count um two sorcerers and then i played two clerics barbarian fighter uh, I have not played a wizard yet, but I heard that it's kind of like, it's like a sorcerer, but shittier. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know if I'd say that. I don't know. It's because you have to like pay attention oh, to Oh, but you, you're doing 3.5, right? Yes. Okay. So I wouldn't know, actually. I never played a wizard in 3.5 either. Okay. Um, but also, like, I am moving into 5e a bit more. Uh, so pretty much like I figure out my class and then I figure out like what's a race that I haven't played or is really weird because like it was funny some people were like why did you make a monkey and it's like well it was because I never seen anybody else play it because it's like have you ever seen anybody play a monkey no it's it's weird it's different no, I don't think I have yeah exactly you you just you haven't you, you I've been every single race almost in the vanilla so I was definitely like okay well I'm gonna try something new and different and then I also when I create a character I take a small aspect of myself and I bring it out and put it in the character so playing fool's gold i realized that when i make a character i put i put a problem i have into that character <laughs> like usually at that time there's something wrong like life life happens and there's something that's bothering you you're stressed or or uh maybe you're thinking too much about uh like a you want purpose in your life or or like some deep deep shit like i'm 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 not pulling punches with it because when I make a character, I think of like, well, what's my issue right now that I'm trying to work on on myself? And I put it in the character and I've just recently started to put that in consciously. I've been doing it subconsciously for the past few characters. And then for the last three characters, I've actually consciously been like, what do I want to work through? Because I use D&D sometimes as therapy. 
Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned that because the last episode that I recorded was with uh, another YouTuber named Eldritch Sugar, which I haven't edited yet. I'm going to release soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, By the time this comes out, that'll already be out. But basically, she was saying the same thing. Like, yeah, like literally almost like it was uncanny. You were saying you were hitting some of the same talking points. I was like, dang, a lot of people (laughs) use D&D for therapy. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. It's so uh, it's opening than you you thought it would be because it's like you think this is just a game and it, it is in a way, but it's it's digging deep into your self like your subconscious that you start to notice oh shit that's why i do that or like oh god now i realize why i I was upset about that and uh i mean if you want to know a little bit i'm not going to do any spoilers or anything with with the campaign or anything like that but um sips when i made him my problem in life was i was losing control and so playing with him, I slowly learned on how to deal with that. And it was really eye-opening. Like, I learned a lot from playing Sips on how that um, could be solved in my life. And I did not expect that at all. Like, I was just like, when we finished the campaign and everything, I kind of stepped back and went, whoa, like, that's crazy. <laughs> like, I, 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 I actually got a life lesson from playing this bitchy monkey you know it was just like <laughs> my god and Damn. yeah it's so crazy and right now i'm playing a character that is a drider uh, a drider druid and she oh is a, she's a i've seen pictures of her yeah lesia got all the yeah. all the um the mushrooms. Uh, mushrooms yeah yeah lesia she's a very sweetheart and uh her problem is she has low confidence like super low confidence, like no no um self self worth or anything like that. And when I made her, uh, once again this was sub subconscious. Uh, this was around the time when my channel blew up. So uh, I got the hundred thousand subs in four okay. months. Yeah, and that completely crushed my confidence, which is funny because you'd think it would be the opposite. But it didn't. It completely crushed me because I got into a point where I was like, everything I do feels like like imposter syndrome and and just uh, like I can't say anything without worrying if I'm offending someone or like like all my confidence just shriveled up. And and I kind of, I guess, put that into Lesia because she became a complete... <laughs> Like she has no confidence and I'm, I'm working my confidence back up with her. Like she's way more confident right now um, than she was when I first started in the sessions. Um, not saying that I just learn from just D and D, you know, I do other things to help myself, but it's just so interesting that these characters are embodiments of problems and issues that I've been running through and I'm kind of working them out as I play them. You know, I've never personally thought about my own characters in that way, but now I'm, I'm trying to look back and there's definitely like, I guess it depends on the character, but like, I guess all my characters have a little bit of some desire in them, like something I want to do. Mm-hmm. And so like, uh, currently I am playing a, uh, like a, 
it's it's known to the party, so I can say it now. But I'm playing a changeling who mm. uh, had a pretty tragic past, as as a lot of DD characters end up having. Mm-hmm. Um, but his whole thing is like he's he's like I wanted I I, I saw I took inspiration from the movie uh, Seven Psychopaths. Have you ever seen that? No, I've not. It's got Colin Farrell and Sam Rockwell and uh, Christopher Walken and like. Colin Farrell's like this author. He's trying to write a script for a movie in Hollywood, and his buddy, played by Sam Rockwell, is trying to help him out. But in the me, but like in the meantime, they get caught up in like uh, this whole like gangster thing, and like um, things just kind of escalate for what Colin Farrell's character believes is no real reason. It's just escalating for no reason. However, his whole script idea is about seven different psychopaths and how they're different. And it turns out that one of the psychopaths was based off of his buddy, Sam Rockwell <laughs> character, who actually is fucking crazy. But he's someone mentioned that he's how you could play chaotic evil in a campaign without harming the party. And I, I wondered about that. And I looked and, it, and his whole character, the whole thing that he does in that movie is he... Uh, basically pisses off the mob and he does all this other stuff behind the scenes so that his friend could write a better script. He's trying to inspire his friend by getting him <laughs> in real danger and like helping him out and like protecting him and stuff. But like deliberately like br- brought them out to the desert for this like final showdown so that they can give this dog back to this like this mob boss who's played by Woody Harrelson actually. Um, And like the whole time is just hilarious because he's like not the smartest guy, but like you never, I never saw it coming when I watched it. I like, I didn't know that he was the guy that was pulling all these strings and he was literally just doing it. It's like, cause I'm just trying to help out my buddy. Like, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's evil in the sense of like, well, it's selfish for him because his buddy is like, he's kind of, is like a part of him in a way. Mm-hmm. And so he kills people. He shoots people. He does all this awful evil shit, but you know, hey, if his buddy writes a better you know, movie because of it, then, well, it was worth it. So I took, I wanted to take traits from that. And I wanted to make a character that was sort of like, you know, kind of bumbling and uh, cheerful on the surface, but like has no scruples about like, if there's something that's important to him, um, he'll do whatever it takes to make sure that that's either protected or that they get what they want or whatever. Yeah. Um, and if something happens to a party member and it hasn't happened yet. I'm waiting. But if something happens to one of the party members, like we make an enemy or that enemy tries to do something, I am going to try and work with the DM to try and assassinate that person out of game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Yeah. And like, that's, and, and that's not something now does Shane want to do this? Well, maybe I've had some dark thoughts about people <laughs> I don't like. Sure. But like, I, you know, obviously I would never do that. But I mean, this is, a, I guess, a way to do that in game is like make a character that exemplifies this trait that you've always wanted to act out as and then mm-hmm. act it out with no repercussions because it's D&D. Yeah, that's the that's really what it is for me of like, I love to pretty much test the waters with things. It's 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 really interesting to play a character specifically like, let's say, Sips, where a lot of the shit he does I don't agree with. Like, I don't. As a player, I don't agree with what he does, but I know that when I'm playing him, this is what he would do. 
It's like I know his backstory, I know who he is, and I know the circumstances that are around the situation, and this is how he would act. And it's very interesting that you have to fight against yourself a lot when you have characters like that. Um, I, I'm playing a character that is a lawful good uh, Azamar. Like, she, she's quite prideful. And there's a lot of times when I have to fight against what she does because um, she... First of all, I'm not a lawful good person. <laughs> like, like I'm very chaotic. I'm a very chaotic person in general. Um, so to play a lawful person is really hard for me. So it's just, it's interesting that D&D can make you kind of experiment in with different sides of yourself and also watching from afar and going no but (laughs) you know the character has to do this there's stuff that sips does that i that i don't agree with and it's very interesting to see how people react to it or something like that because it's always like no i agree he's a jerk (laughs) like you know yeah you know, you know, it's like, yeah, he's a it's, complete it's, it's asshole. It's sometimes hard to like differentiate between the character and the player. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I often fall into the trap of where I try to do the most logical thing, but like, I'm, I also like to play idiots. So like, it's hard to play an <laughs> idiot who's also really logical and like, you know, doing the right thing all the time. It's, um, yeah. I don't know. It can be difficult to strike that balance. There was a there was a moment I love playing characters when I know as a player that this is wrong, but the character doesn't. I love stuff like that. Uh we just recently had a session last week where my character was told not to use her magic underground. Like we we're in like the under underdark where like mind flares and shit are. Oh, and shit. yeah, it's it's pretty rough right now and there's this thing going on that if she casts her magic, they will know where we are. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a a really hard thing of being like, um, you know, she can't cast her magic and we've been told this, but then uh, there's like a time period where like I forgot and everybody, because we'd been playing down here for quite a while and right. I forgot and then everybody else kind of forgot. And then there was this discussion of being like, hey, you should cast to make something like we were making. Um, she was going to make some mushrooms and stuff. And there was this time where I just went, oh, fuck. I forgot I'm not supposed to cast magic. And I'm like, well, Les, you already said she's going to do it. So she's doing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. like, I, like, I was just like, no, the character's into it. She's too deep into it. She's going to do it. And I know the consequences are coming, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and you could also rule it at that point, like, the characters also forgot, you know? Oh, well, like they got absolutely. so wrapped up in what what was going on that they didn't absolutely. remember. No, they do that. Like, I do that all the time with characters where they they do stuff that it's always like they're irrational, they're emotional, and they're going to do something that's completely off of what they would logically do. Um, because that just makes it more interesting. I am a very chaotic person, and I love chaos. I, yeah, I thrive I, on it. I, I wonder. I wonder what uh, brought you to play a 
Awakened monkey with a cursed arm and wild magic. That's not yeah. chaotic at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny. I remember talking to somebody and they were just like, I, I could never play wild magic. It's too, like, it puts me too much on edge. Like, I don't have control and stuff like that. And it's like, it's funny where, like, Sips' whole thing is that he's lo- he loses control and, and he hates it. But I personally love the wild magic of it, of just being like, yeah, fuck things up. Like, let's <laughs> let's destroy shit. You know, let's see what happens. And, like, like whenever I roll wild magic, it's always like, oh, like, what's it going to be? <laughs> oh, it's so exciting. I love that stuff. I think, yeah, I was thinking about that, too, because I've never played wild magic before. Although I do have... I have played with the item, the Wand of Wonder. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So anyone who's not familiar with that, it's a magic item. It's a wand where you roll on a D100 and you consult the table to see what happens. So you, mm-hmm. you don't actually know. When you activate the Wand of Wonder, it's literally only wild. Like you don't actually know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And if you target the wrong thing or if you roll on the wrong thing, you can accidentally target yourself. And some like I, I I was using a character, they use the wand of wonder, and then the I think on a hundred it's you turn the target to stone if they fail a DC fifteen con save or something, Ooh. they become petrified. Well, I didn't target a person, so it rebounded on me, and I had to make that save, <laughs> and I made it, but my character was so pissed that they snapped the wand in half, <laughs> and like yeah. did did I want to snap the wand in half? No, but my character almost turned themselves to stone. Yes, they're fucking mad. They're not using the stupid <laughs> wand anymore. And they, and of course, like, uh, my DM decided to make it so, like, uh, when you break a magic item like that, it creates, like, a blast. So, like, I took a bunch of force damage. And there's another <laughs> character near me, and they took force damage, too. It got knocked out. And they'd already been knocked down, like, twice that day. So they're like, uh-huh. I guess I'm just going to die. <laughs> I'll just fuck everything, I guess. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it it takes a kind of personality to also like that sort of thing. A lot of people feel like they already don't have maybe control, and so they want a character where they can fantasize about having control over this thing. Yeah, where it's interesting for me where I like it the opposite in the way of, like, like my my life at the... uh, Especially at the time was, like, I was losing so much control um in my life but having to lose control in game was fun because there's no real repercussions you kind of get to play out the situation and there's no real like you know now you actually have a hole in your house or something like that or you actually open up a portal to the fire plane you know it's just like no it's just something now in D that you have to deal with and you have a group of friends with you to deal with it that's the best part about it is that when you're losing control you have other people that can help you um so uh yeah it's it's definitely interesting that like i you know like you said some people can't can't handle it and um i didn't realize i guess i was one of those people that can and uh, <laughs> it's just it's just really fun um, but yeah, it's, it, it makes the sessions a little more interesting, I guess. And letting yourself go a bit is, is pretty cool. Yeah. I, I have another question for you. This is a bit, um, off the topic of characters, but what's like your favorite monster to fight or to fight as like, if you were the DM, like what has the best role-playing potential? Do you think? Hmm. You caught me with that one. Cause it's like, there's a lot. 
So it's like trying to figure it out. I mean, I like Displacer Beasts quite a bit. Just because you have the whole like the blur thing. I always think that's so cool. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the monsters we make are homebrew. I can tell you about a homebrew monster I like. Yes, please do. Okay. So in my campaign, we had... Um, I have two players in my campaign. It's a 2v1. And they were in a town called Wallflower. Just a little village. And the entire village was inhabited by people that were completely covered in wood. Like, like they could move. It was almost like inanimate objects in a way. But it was smooth. And it was almost like... Uh, it was like a skin, almost. And the entire thing about Wallflower is that there's a giant wasp that pretty much is made of a tree. And the little wasps will sting you and cover your cover you in this uh, this wood. And you will become controlled by it. And they feed off of your life force that way. And so they had to fight this creature. And it was really fun because it was kind of this thing of if you get stung by these little bees, you can get it, um, you can get infected and become controlled. Or you just have a big fucking wasp that you're fighting, which was also a lot of fun. And so I've I've taken that wasp and I've actually, in my campaign, there's a lot of things about the planes, like different planes of existence. Um, you know, a fire plane and everything like that. Yeah. So what I've done is I've also taken that wasp concept and moved it with different planes. So they had to fight like an ice wasp that could also do that. So they could, it, you get stung and you just become covered in complete ice and stuff like that and it could also give you a disease so i love playing with with mixing animals and and creatures and and insects and then kind of adding something on top that that makes it even more dangerous so i like doing a lot of homebrew with that that is really cool it's kind of like a literally like a hive mind thing exactly that was that was kind of what it went off of was like what could i make here that was like like literally on the nose you know <laughs> like <laughs> uh so i love making homebrew monsters i i mostly do homebrew monsters just because i find i i love to play with what i'm building in the world so if they're in a certain region i would be like okay well i'll take like a giant wasp or a giant spider or maybe i'll do uh i did like a purple worm um, kind of mix. I changed it into something completely different, and um, I made a. I made almost like a purple worm, but it's like. It was. It had like, it had arms and and like sights, so it could like Ooh. slash at you, and then it had it could actually talk to you, and it had one giant eye. And it was uh, fucking horrifying. No. And yeah, and had like teeth and stuff, and it it's was like it was a... French. <laughs> Oh no, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I was practicing my French voice for the Boucler episode, so I was like, I'm gonna make a French worm that's gonna beat that <laughs> shit out of you. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. I you know the fact that it has two scythes uh and that it's i just imagine it is like has the face of that uh cook from the Little Mermaid. No, this thing's way more horrifying. It's got one giant fucking eye. Oh, <laughs> and it's got uh thorns all over it and it has like 
uh, uh, rose roses growing out of it as well because you can always Ooh. tell when it's near you when rose petals are flying through the air. Um, oh, that's so cool! <laughs> yeah. It would like it was like it would go up on the ceiling, and what happened is they went into a cave, and this thing had like a garden it was building, and then they saw rose petals fall from the ceiling, but this is like a cave, so they're like, what the fuck? And they look up and they just see a giant fucking eye. And and this thing came down and it was like, what are you doing? Like, I can't do the accent because I'm it's like, what are you doing in my garden? And it was just like, oh god! <laughs> it was such a good moment. I love That's that. That's awesome. Oh, it was so good. And everybody freaked out and one of my players got eaten. It was great. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> I gotta like, I I think that's my weakest part when I when I DM is I don't make enough homebrew monsters. Mm. Like I, I usually just use whatever I can from the uh, the monster manual or Volo's guide or something. But like, mm-hmm. home, like I, my, the thing is like, it's it's still it feels like a lot of work <laughs> to make a monster because not only do you have to make the stats, which in I guess in five E isn't so hard, but like. Usually you don't want to start from the stats. You want to start from like the environment, right? Or like mm-hmm. the role playing, like, you know, what would be a cool idea? So you were saying like take certain animals and like combine them sort of like just Jackdaw does with like poke fusions and stuff. Or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty much like the way I would go about it <laughs> is, uh, you know, you take something and then you kind of mix it around and then you try to adjust it to like their level and everything like that. But at the end of the day, you know, sometimes I just fudge it. <laughs> like I just fudge the numbers and just be like, you guys attack this thing. And then I know the AC and I know everything, but I find that uh, I can adjust it sometimes as they play to make sure that they're having a good time. Like if they're, if they're fucking uh, spending way too long on it and they, they're just like tearing their fucking hair out. I'll just add something or move something around. It all depends on the players you're playing with because some of them will not be okay with that and that's fine. Um, but the players I have are very good with adjusting things. So, Yeah. Yeah, I guess it, it also just, uh, of course, depends on the players. It depends on your yeah. table. Homebrew is super important when it comes to trust. Trust is super important. Um, there was somebody who asked me, like, how do you play with a group that's all homebrew? Or, you know, how do you play with such a great group? And it's like, it's all about trust. If you don't trust your players and you don't trust the DM, then you're not going to be able to do homebrew to the extent that you could. Right. Um, because there's a lot of times when you make something that's homebrew and it could be OP, it could also be like not like it could be garbage and you need your players to weigh in and talk to you about it and you need to trust that they aren't there to break your game and that you are trying to make the best game for them as well like you're you're both working together and it's very important where we can be like okay yeah i am gonna be giving you well let's do an example from fool's gold the giant mech dragon right right? It's a giant fucking dragon that's made out of metal. Well, it can crush and destroy everything if we want it to. But Felix knows that we're not going to do that because it's boring. 
and we will use it for certain things, but at the end of the day, we don't want to destroy his story. Like, whatever he's planning, whatever the the cookie crumbs he's giving us, we don't want to just demolish it with the dragon because that's boring for us. That's kind of like, why would we, why would we use it um, to just kind of get that whole section over and done with, right? Right. So, along with, like, Sips's um, hairbrush, that is game-breaking. Because it's an alignment change. It's absolutely game-breaking. And I only used it once. And then afterwards, um, we pretty much said that, like... Well, what we kind of decided was, like, he still had it, but I wouldn't use it again because it's boring. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just like, it's the same trick, and I don't, the whole reason Sips is fun for me is because I get to think of new things to do. Like, being a sorcerer is fun because you get to think of new spells, but also his wild magic and, like, everything's new with, with his touch curse and everything. So it's like, why the fuck would I use the hairbrush again if that's just gonna skip through a whole story or something like that? Like, that's stupid. That's not fun for us as a player. You know, it's just... And for the DM, it's not fun. So we pretty much just said that the the brush only has a one time use and then gone. Yeah. Um, but even but even then, it's like we could have said it was still active, but I still wouldn't have used it. So um, you know, it, it's all about trying to figure out how your players work, what they like. If you have a power gamer in there, you can't throw OP shit at them. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. like if you somebody who hungers for power, you can't <coughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't give them the giant mech dragon. You can't give them the hairbrush. Listen, I just need it for a couple hours, all right? <laughs> go for a little joyride. I'll be back. Yeah, I just Stop by go... a few kingdoms on the way. Yeah, let me just fucking destroy kingdoms and become ruler over here. So, you know, you have to really figure out how people work in your in your game at your table. And that's why, you know, you, you can't do homebrew with, like, people you just met. Or, or I guess you could, but... You're testing a lot of waters. You're, yeah, you're really, it's, you, know. <laughs> you shouldn't really be doing. You shouldn't be taking a lot of risks with people you just met anyway. Uh, but yeah. like, I guess again with the group thing, like you guys are a very close knit like group of friends have known each other for a long time. So it's yes. easier for you guys if if there are things like that. You know where each other's coming from. You all have like each other's best interests in mind. So mm-hmm. no one's trying to like break the game. Uh, but I have been in groups with people who I'm I have known uh, before who if they were given a trump card they would spam the trump card every opportunity that they had, um, oh, yeah. and we've had it where like the DM then has to figure out a way to throw something even bigger at them so that that trump card doesn't work anymore, and mm-hmm. it's like it be it kind of begets this adversarial relationship which isn't it can be fun occasionally but it it isn't very fun when if you're craving a story with you all working together, maybe your characters are at odds, but you as players are trying to work together to tell the story. It's not very good when like one person has this thing that's just OP and it's just wrecking every encounter, making it not fun anymore for anybody because yeah. anytime like, oh, like for example, let's say I'm, I'm a rogue, right? I'm a rouge. And I go and I try, I'm like, hey, this door's locked. I've got thieves tools. I'm a rogue. 
Therefore, it's, you know, it's my thing. Let me go and do this. And someone's like, uh, actually, I have the knock spell. And then they cast knock and it creates this loud noise. And then we're like, we're found out. And it's like, it's like, well, yeah, all right. You've got the knock spell. Yeah. You don't have to. But also, use it. I'm a rogue and it's like <laughs> yeah. my thing. So you could just let me do it. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. When people cock block you, it's, it's rough. And I, I've, I felt that. Uh, before and i've you know what and i i'm ashamed to say i probably have been that person before as well and it's like i think uh, we all have i think it's you have to test and figure out where people are like you have to like really just figure out what exactly they want to get out of the game yeah and uh but no i've been in that situation too i've definitely had it where we've had power gamers like i've i've been with several other groups and um i've had power gamers i've had uh intense rule lawyers um i've had uh just people who just are like you know fuck the party just me you know like i'm i'm the one <laughs> i am the chosen one right i am the one who will defeat everything by myself you know or and... or just like edge lords who are like you know you're in a tavern you're all trying to meet and like my edgelord stays in the corner and doesn't say anything. It's like, all right, well, do you want to play in this party or not? Yeah, yeah, which, like, okay, one one thing about that, too, is, like, the interesting thing about when I was playing Sips is how do you play an edgelord and, like, a shitty jerk without actually being an edgelord and a shitty jerk? You know, like, how do you properly balance yourself in the party so that you're not shutting things down and you're not um, making everybody pissed off in real life? Yeah. Because, you know, you if you're playing a jerk character, you have to be very careful because uh, you can actually be a jerk. <laughs> so you yep. have to have, like, a good balance of, like, comedy and... Um, that character giving up and admitting when they're wrong is super important because if they never admit they're wrong or at least never get to a point where you know they know that they're wrong, then you are making a very toxic jerk character. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, um, they're kind of like the entire party in real life will be mad at that character and potentially the player and that's kind of just making this toxic kind of mess that goes into your your group and i've definitely encountered that before uh and it's not fun you know and so when i played sips i had to balance it where the the time you could actually get information from him about anything because like he wouldn't talk about anything that would be important of being like hey we need to talk about this like you just you know had a, a bad moment or something we need to talk about it he gets emotional and then eventually the information comes out but he's mad and he talks about it but at least he's getting it out where you can work with it instead of being an edgelord where you just shut it down and you're like no i'm not talking about anything ever <laughs> you know it's just like well then you just you, we can't move forward you need to talk about it about whatever it is that your character is bothered by but do it in a way that makes it like emotional or or fun and dramatic where like maybe they do something stupid like like 
in episode 11 sips burns down an entire casino you know because he's so fucking pissed off you know it probably wasn't the best call because some of those people were probably innocent. Yeah, but, but hey, we've all been there. We've all burned down a casino once or twice. We've all been pissed off. We've all been pissed off to burn down a casino. And so, you know, it's like those things can lead to some really good lines of dialogue and emotional moments. Um, but you have to set them up nicely like an actual show you know like a like you're actually thinking about how a character arc is and how people learn things and they become better at the end there still will be your character at the end but they have grown a lot so uh to play a jerk and an edgelord at the same time is fucking hard but it's very fun (laughs) if you do it right yes yeah if you do it right and you're and your your character is enduring enough it can really make for a really interestingly different um, style of game uh, than other people have experienced. And I think it helps too that it's clear that like Sips does care to some extent for Gothi and Arena. Like mm-hmm. that's important. You know, you can be edgy and shit. There's no there's no rules, by the way. If people are like, oh, I don't want to play an edgelord, play an edgelord. It's fine. You can do yeah, it. Yeah, you can totally go for it. But just like don't always fall into the same tropes that make it really tough to play with them where they're just like distant and jaded and they never want to do anything with the party and they yep. don't want to go anywhere and it's like why are you on an adventure what exactly what what role do you have you know <laughs> yeah what's your fucking goal here like <laughs> just it's, to be moody yeah like... <laughs> it's really important that like you if you're gonna make somebody like that they need to be able to work with the group they need a role to fill Right. Yeah. So like one of the coolest things is when two players work together to make two characters that have some sort of like underlying relationship. Um, so like let's say there's like this crack team that's getting together to do a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And someone comes over and like I brought my, you know, my cousin Jimmy who's like a, you know, a safe cracker or whatever. Like, and so now you got Jimmy. Jimmy's a big edgelord. But hey, now he's got an in because he knows this guy. And so, and he's also got a role, right? So, like, in a situation like that, Jimmy's a great edgelord, you know, mm-hmm. working on the edge of mm-hmm. safes and everything. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you don't have to laugh for that. That one wasn't funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's like, it's it's all about you need to have a common goal in mind with the party, which is why yep. session zeros, I think, are still super important, even amongst, like, friend groups, like... You know, people who've known each other for a long time. It's still nice to have a session zero so everybody can kind of figure out what kind of campaign is this going to be? What kind of characters mm-hmm. are we making? Like, Yeah. Yeah, so they all coexist together in some kind of stable way. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the thing of, like, making sure they care about something is is very important. Like, that's the one of the reasons I gave Sips Sneeze is because I wanted him to be able to care about something and um, and show that he actually is not just a grumpy monkey that doesn't give a shit about anything. Um, that was that was a conscious decision for yeah, me. He's a grumpy monkey that gives a shit about a few things. Yeah, yeah. He has, like, in total, he is about, like, four people he cares about, and that's it. <laughs> but that's still significantly more than zero, right? Like, yeah. 
It's still yeah. very important. And like and, and I also understand the inclination to write a backstory where it's like, well, my wife and child were killed and they were the only ones I cared about. And like, okay, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. You can be sad and grieve and like maybe that's mm-hmm. still something that's on your character's mind. But like if it just happened, like you either got to be out for revenge and like this story better have something to do with that and you better talk to your DM beforehand yeah. about that. Or it better have happened a long time ago where now you're like getting back in the game and you're trying to like grow past it, right? You've had your morning. <laughs> Maybe you're still jaded about it, but like you can have those tragic moments, but you have to time it right. Because if it's like, you know, if we're like in a dungeon fighting a bunch of goblins and your character breaks down crying like Maria, like, OK, you <laughs> shouldn't have been here, man. Yeah. Why did you leave with us? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's definitely it, it's a fine balance. You have to you have to go about it. And um, it's funny. I, I didn't make Sips's backstory until about halfway through (laughs) like i didn't really understand his backstory until felix is like hey i need it and i'm like okay (laughs) let's (laughs) make it now hey i need your shit uh just give me a second yeah give me a second type up something real quick here (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and that was just before the the Tarask arc because that was when he was like all right i'm putting it in now and it's like okay And I, yeah, and also there's no wrong way to to like go about starting a character. Like I, I a lot no. of times will go by mechanics first, just because I want to know that if I'm playing the game, I'm having fun while playing. Yeah. And then for role playing, I'll try to fit a story to it that is fresh or interesting, mm-hmm. and and kind of work from there. I like to go backwards sometimes, though. Rarely, I have already the story, and I'm like, oh, I know what I'm doing. And then I have to fit some sort of classes to mold into that right Mm. so you can go either way it's not like you have to do it a specific way but really i guess the final takeaway is if if you are making a character you gotta talk with your dm at the very least and maybe the other players kind of touch base on what is the like tone of the game going to be and once you have that, once you know the tone, once you know the custom rules, once we've, you know, you've agreed upon all the homebrew that you're going to use and you agreed upon all the, you know, things that you're going to do that might be different from a normal game, then you go for it. And hopefully you have a good group and it lasts a long time. You can complete it. Yep. All right. So I've kept you for a long time. Thank you for coming on to Podcasts and Players and talking with me, Dingo. That was very, very nice of you. Yeah, of course. It was lots of fun. I, um... Got to, got to really uh, explore some ideas that I had in my head. So it was fun. Awesome. Uh, and everybody, uh, you should find Dingo. She's got a YouTube channel. Obviously, I don't know. I mean, I don't know anybody who subscribes to me who doesn't know who you are. But in case they don't, <laughs> you should go to her uh, YouTube channel, Dingo Doodles. She's also got a Twitter. You can follow her there. It's also Dingo Doodles, one word. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. I hope to have you on again at some point. Maybe, maybe at some point. Yeah, that sounds like fun. <laughs> and we do like a like a one shot or something sometime. Holy shit! Don't don't give me hope. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the the hope goes away when I tell you I'd be playing sips and <laughs> everything oh goes to fucking hell. <laughs>